This week is part of our Lenten journey through the Gospel of Luke. The scripture that we are looking at is Luke or Mark. Did I just say Luke? I said Luke. That was like four years ago. Um, this year in our Lenten journey through the Gospel of Mark, today we're reading from Mark chapter 3 verse 7 through chapter 4 verse 34. Although the specific passage that I'll be reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 4 verse 1 through 20 if you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. Such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat in the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching them, he said, listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds and they produced nothing. Other seed fell into good soil and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, the seed produced in one case a yield of 30 to 1, and another case a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. When they were alone, the people around Jesus, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. He said to them, the secret of God's kingdom has been given to you. But to those who are outside, everything comes in parables. This is so that they can look and see but have no insight, and they can hear but not understand. Otherwise, they might turn their lives around and be forgiven. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and people hear it, right away Satan comes and steals the word that was planted in them. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully because they have no roots. They last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like the seed scattered among the thorny plants. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things break in and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. The seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit, in one case a yield of 30 to 1, in another case 60 to 1, and in another case 100 to 1. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this morning we are continuing our study of the Gospel of Mark. As we read this Gospel in its entirety through the season of Lent, Mark's Gospel is the shortest Gospel. It's a Gospel written for the Christian community in Rome that was facing persecution around 60 to 70 AD. And so Mark rides in a very urgent manner, presenting a story, offering to the people a vision of who he believed Jesus was and of what he believed Jesus' message, life, and resurrection was to be for those that followed. So each week we're reading a couple of chapters from the Gospel of Mark. This week it was chapter 3, verse 7 through 434. As we think about what Mark offers and how he offers 
this vision of a kingdom that he believes Jesus of Nazareth brought. And so I hope you're discovering new parts of this gospel as I am. And that it's speaking to you as we read it and think of this early Christian community that received it for the very first time. As they were facing persecution, as some of them were dying the martyr's death. And as they received this good news, this message, this gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this Sunday, our chapters that we're looking at cover many things, but I think the most notable thing that we need to notice at first is that this is the first example of Mark providing of Jesus' teaching in parables to present a different kind of vision of who he believed Jesus was, and more importantly, the message or the vision that Jesus was offering to the people of what it would mean to experience the kingdom of God in the world. In Mark, Jesus uses parables to teach those who are in the know and who are following following Him while just presenting a story to the crowds and to those who are listening but have not yet heard and understood. To those who have not yet experienced a change of heart. To them it's just stories. But to Mark, then, the parables... For those that follow, for those that do the will of God, for those that hear and are pursuing, well then it's more. And so this morning's our our scripture was from Mark chapter 4. But to set the passage and to kind of just paraphrase the previous chapter, I wanted to just offer to you a brief timeline of what chapter 3 had. Jesus has performed healings. He's cast demons out. He's eaten with sinners. He's called the twelve disciples. He's returned to Capernaum where the crowds are so large that Mark writes they don't even have time to eat when they arrive at their home because the crowds are there and they're wanting so much and they're bringing so many people to be healed and there's just so much activity around Jesus and the disciples that they don't even eat. Right before the passage that we read today, Jesus' mother Mary arrives with his siblings from Nazareth And they've come to bring Jesus home with them. Because they've heard, depending on your translation, some say that he's crazy or that he has lost his mind. And so they're outside the home and someone comes in and says, your mother, your family, your brothers are here. And remember, instead of speaking to them, Jesus leaves them outside the home and tells those that are gathered to listen. Because those who are in his family are no longer those designated by physical relationship, but instead membership to his family is now designated to those who choose to do the will of God. God has set, by, set aside the bonds that the community at the time stressed and considered important, and instead has created a community whose relationship And bonds are created by willingness to follow him. You know, I've always read that passage and I didn't, it didn't strike me until I read it thinking about the church in Rome of people who are being persecuted. When Jesus is telling to them as they're sitting there facing whatever they're facing, look at those around you. This is your family. This is the body of Christ. These are the people who are choosing to do my will. And that's what makes them your family. 
And so as we look to one another, as we look and think about the community of faith that we are part of, the koinonia as the, uh, the affirmation of faith that we've been studying, which is a community of faith, that's what makes us a community. Is Jesus saying that it's those of us who choose to do the will of God together. It's those of us who choose to work and to serve, to follow, to be a part of that community of faith and who choose to grow in our ability to trust and place our hope and faith in God. And then we read the parable of the sower. Or depending on your translation, I noticed this morning, I read from the Common English Bible quite a bit. And, and my, uh, this parable is actually in my Bible called the parable of the soils. But I guess it depends on how you interpret it. Whether it's the parable of the sower and the parable of the sowers, which we can see in a minute. This is a parable in which Jesus is calling for us to listen and to hear and to discern what God is doing in this world at the very beginning. It's a parable that presents, in a sense, a twofold message of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus uses this parable to tell a story for the crowds to hear. And then he offers a teaching through this parable for the disciples and for those who have already experienced this change of heart that he brings. At surface level, this parable, for those that are just listening, for those that are crowds, it makes sense, doesn't it? A parable of a sower, of one who sows seeds and casts seed upon the ground, makes sense. Even for those of us who maybe don't depend on agriculture for our welfare, But it makes sense. Because this metaphor makes sense because in some way you or I can understand what it means for us to sow seed. Maybe it's us getting a little styrofoam coffee cup and putting some potting soil in it and shoving our bean seed in it that we've all done, right? Maybe it's planting. We all know what it is to plant. We all know what it means to wait. And we all know what it means to watch for something to grow that's been placed in the ground or in soil as we kindle its growth. And so as Jesus tells this parable, I don't know about you, but it's very easy for me to visualize in my mind a man or a woman walking along the ground with a bag over their shoulder, rhythmically placing their hand in the bag, taking it out and casting the seed. As the seed is scattered over the soil, I can see birds coming behind, and eating the seed before the plow or tiller moves over the ground behind him or her to incorporate the seed into the soil. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to see plants shooting out of the ground and then to think about the plants that don't have the depth, the roots, the nutrients, the water to support and anchor themselves as well as those that are shielded and choked out by weeds. See, for the crowds gathering that day, I think as they listened to this parable, they were able to look around just where they were and see this very thing happening and think about this very thing happening because, you know, they depended on the very act of sowing seed, many of them, for their livelihood. And so as they planted the, the soil, as they plant, tilled the soil, you know, it was for their well-being, for them and their families. And so Jesus told this story knowing that there would be many who heard it. But he also told it knowing that there would be many who didn't hear what he really meant by saying it. 
Then in a private place, the disciples asked him to explain this parable. As part of those who were searching, Jesus explained to them not just the agricultural metaphor, but he used it to present the symbolism of the kingdom of God that he had meant for it to convey. And so the sower is God who sows the word. The word is Jesus, the messianic one who comes, the word of power by which the kingdom of God is disclosed. The birds are Satan who immediately swoop down to pick off the seed. And the weeds and the rocky places are those places where we hear, where we receive the kingdom of God, but where we're not yet prepared to set aside the sin or the burden or whatever it is that keeps us from being who God wants us to be. See, to Jesus as He teaches this parable and as He taught this parable and as we read it today, the kingdom of God was not some far off thing. It wasn't something that that Jesus was telling the disciples and the crowds to, to just sit and anticipate and wait for. The kingdom of God was more. It was more. It's more than, than just something that, that we as followers of Jesus can hope for. But instead he provides, in a sense, an explanation that is both and. To explain what the kingdom of God is. It's a mystery. It's a future hope. It's a future glory that will someday be revealed. But it's also a present reality. Present and provided to those who seek God's will and mission. As they discover the person of Jesus Christ. See, we can't say that Jesus was fully God and fully human without acknowledging that in some way He ushered in the kingdom of God when He came upon this earth. We can't say that the kingdom of God is something that we're looking forward to without realizing that in some way Jesus brought it when He came and taught and and showed the people and explained to the people and offered to us What he meant for us to be people who seek the will of God in their lives. As followers of of Christ, you know, we, we can't just hope for it. We can't just look ahead for it. We have to do our part. To make the reign of God a reality in this earth. Or at least a reality for the people that we come in contact with. As we choose to serve. As we choose to make ourselves available to others to be that change. That God wants us to be in order to bring about God's kingdom. See, this parable can be about God. It can be about us because I know I've often read it and thought, well, what type of soil am I? And maybe you've heard it that way too. Am I the one that's prepared for the seed to be planted in me? Am I the one that's going to offer the the nutrients so the plant of faith can grow in my life? But today the parable is also about God. Who sows the seed in all places, knowing that some is going to be lost. This parable is about God who, who loved the world so much that He sent His Son while knowing that there were going to be those that rejected the one that He sent. But it was done anyway. It was done knowing the risk. And yet still knowing the risk, God did it because He loved us. It's easy for us to look at this parable, I think, and just make it about us. 
But it's not just a story about us. It's a story about the generosity, about the love, about the grace of God who offers His gift of Jesus Christ to all people, whether they're ready to receive it or not. John Wesley would have said that God offered us His, provenient, His, His Son through provenient grace. He offers His, His grace to all people, whether they're in the capacity or, or the ability or they're at a point where they need to recognize it. But see, it's about God's generosity. And then it's about our response to how we respond to the seed that has been sown, sown out of love for us, sown not knowing the response, but yet God still acts because He loves you and because He loves me and because He loves this world that He's created. And so we can read this parable and ask, what type of soil am I? But I think as Jesus ask, invites us to go deeper into this parable, in His teaching and in His explanation to the disciples, He invites us to say, what does this say about God to me? What does this say about who God is, who offered Himself, even knowing that He would be rejected by many? Who is the God that, that continues to sow His love and His grace on all people, knowing that many will miss it? What does this say about a God whose love is so vast that He sows the seeds of His kingdom into all places where He knows it might not be received? See, the kingdom of God is at hand. Because God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who empowered us with His Holy Spirit to do His work and to be His people, to offer His grace and to proclaim His love, to be the people, the community of faith that He calls and wants us to be. And so I invite you to think about what type of soil you are as you read this parable and think about it and, and realize or, or just ponder the different ways that people responded to the word as it was planted in them. But I invite you to go further as you think about what this says about God. What does it say about the vastness of God's love for you and about the vastness of God's love for His creation as He showers, as He scatters the seed of His word and His love on all people so that all we have to do is receive it, recognize it, and allow Him to change our hearts. Amen.